Welcome back to another edition of It's Raining Mets. Meteorologist Ed Russo here, and I'm also with... All right, meteorologist Tom Russell. And uh, once again, we like to point out the fact that we have not seen each other in like four months. Maybe it's five months now. Yeah, and I think... uh, I think I was skimming past an email that basically said we're going to continue this through October 1st. (laughs) At least at this point. So we're uh, staying safe at home. Hope you are too. Uh, But I would like to uh, maybe get together with that. I mean, we could at least be socially distanced maybe in the in the TV studio, but uh, for now we are still working at home and uh, your beard continues to get thicker and more robust. So congratulations. To you. <laughs> I know I need to, I'm going to do a little afternoon trimming in a little bit. Oh, very good. Yeah. Very good. Because we've got some heat coming and I, that's not going to be right. fun. All right. Next nice week. transition. Yeah. So here on the podcast, we like to talk about uh, all things weather. So uh, let's talk about the heat coming back. We we're coming off as we record this, we're coming off just some beautiful weather, spectacular, certainly for the middle of August. So it's temperatures and humidity, low humidity that we usually don't feel until that first part of September. So we even got into the 50s just last night as we record this so uh, that was really pleasant the bad news is um, it's just a little tease it doesn't stick around right yeah right but you know it you know it's nice to have those windows open at night oh yeah isn't it yes it's so pleasant so pleasant Uh, it just it's kind of refreshing and it's been a, a unusually hot and I think long kind of summer, so it, it feels like a little mini victory when you get to open. Yeah, it. you know, and, I, it's <laughs> and and Tom, you may have noticed this. I might put you on the spot here. I'm not sure. It's just I'm just telling you something that I've noticed, and it's kind of interesting. Uh, York last night, I think, dropped down to 53. That was the lowest yeah, I that I great. saw. And York, notoriously, if you've looked at all the temperature maps, because you know, sta- you know, station to station, all the temperatures are the same because we use the same data coming from airports you know and and york thomasville airport that reading is the same reading everyone uses so you may have noticed that york always seems to be sometimes 10 degrees cooler than than other spots so i think uh there's kind of an interesting valley the the airport thomasville airport's kind of in this valley so at night yeah, when mm-hmm. the wind goes light and you have clear skies, all of that, the chilly air, the chilliest air, since it's denser than the surrounding warmer air, it just drains to the bottom of that valley, which is like a bowl. Yep, and it just sinks and you get those cooler temperatures. As you mentioned, sometimes 8 to 10 degrees cooler than everybody else. Um, so a lot of times, you know, when I first started working in in the area, people would call from York and go, it wasn't that cool at my house. And I said, well, the, the temperatures measured out at the airport. They're like, oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> which is, you know, a decent, probably about 20 minutes west of the city, maybe. Maybe a little shorter than yeah, that. But yeah, geography is and topography yeah. play a huge role in, you know, a 5 to 10 degree temperature swing. So Yeah, we call those microclimates. Yeah. And a lot of those around here and as long as you're on that subject ed you, you've pointed this out since you've returned to the area uh the harrisburg uh, number is often uh modified a little bit because it sits right next to water which means a lot of times at night uh in the summertime it's not going to get quite as cool and same thing in the winter it's not going to get quite as cool right and you have you know the thomas not the thomasville the harrisburg international airport um, our prevailing wind is west, so most of the time that airport reading is getting wind right off the water because the right. water's you know just just west of the airport. But yeah, that sure. night, that same night, uh, 
Well, there have been, I think a couple nights ago, everyone was in the low 60s, but Harrisburg was just shy of 70. <laughs> yeah, again, there's your 8 to 10 degree difference. Yeah, and I I was on the Susquehanna River paddleboarding a couple weeks ago, and I can tell <laughs> you that water is like bath water. Even though it's moving, it's warm. It's warm, very warm. Well, well you know, and it's very shallow in many locations. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, certainly it has been this summer from lack of rainfall. But, uh, you know, like you said, it, it stays on the warm side even when it's moving. So it doesn't really help. Yeah. And, and it, you know, I t- when you're talking about the just talking about the drought, there was actually something really interesting that the uh, National Weather Service and State College tweeted earlier showing basically that it's feast or famine across the state in terms of right. rainfall where He's- – the western part of the state, especially State College, that's one of the driest parts of the state, um, 10 to 25% of their normal rainfall so far this year, whereas York, Lancaster, York and Lancaster, 4 to 600% of their normal rainfall. <laughs> uh, and we've seen it so many times this yeah. summer where these these storm systems will set up and they, they just dump an inch or two of rain and then you go 50 miles the other way and you got nothing, literally nothing. Yeah, I mean, that's just, it's just crazy how much that can change over, I, I mean, really that, that deficit next to the surplus really shows you the climate difference across the eastern part of the state. And you can tell why East Coast systems, uh, or, or that it's partly to blame why the eastern part of the state can be much wetter than the western side in any typical well, year. Yeah. Yeah, in a typical year. Um, but, you know, this is getting to the point where it's a concern. It's a concern for farmers. It's a concern for, you know, our lakes and streams and, and folks that uh, that utilize them. So we're really starting to feel, and I, I always hate to bring up the D word, but, but drought is now in its early stages in a lot of these locations. And you and I have talked before that sometimes and oftentimes what it takes to end a drought is a nice tropical system. So that's kind of what we're waiting for, I think, at this point. Yeah, and that's that's the, I guess, plus side to a potentially a very active season. All it's going to take is one or two storms to wipe everything out in terms of the right. deficit. Um, right. And again, you don't want it too fast, too soon. That's flooding. You just want it kind of trickled back in or sprinkled back in. Uh, and sometimes that's hard to do. Um, so let's go ahead and use that as a transition to our tropical systems because as we record this, we have two, one in the Atlantic, one in the Caribbean. But here's what's unique. Both are headed for the Gulf of Mexico, and they could strike at essentially the same time frame uh, as we get into, uh, uh, you know, uh, what's it, the 23rd, 24th, 25th. Um, so we'll be watching those, but you can have two fully blossomed tropical systems, one that seems to take its aim more along the uh, Florida panhandle, the other one closer to Texas, Louisiana. But this could be an easy one-two punch with two pretty potential tropical storms, don't you think? Yeah, and we're, we're starting to, you know, really go up the ramp here as we get into our more active part of the season, which peaks around September 10th. So this is typically yeah. late August is when we really see that uptick, and this is the uptick of an already very active season but the yeah, tracks this has been crazy yeah the yeah tra- you know we've been going by name storms and the the all-time record is 2005 i think we talked about this where we go uh, all the way through the alphabet and then we get into the um the uh what do you call it the uh, greek alphabet and then uh you know we're already at what 10 now so yeah. uh 10 or 11 depending on when you're listening to this 
and uh, and we're just flying through these names. And as you mentioned, we're not even halfway through the hurricane season yet. Right. It's crazy. Now, the offset to that, we should point this out, is while we've had a lot of named storms, the ACE, or what we call the accumulated cyclone energy, has been very low, just meaning that the overall strength of what we're seeing has not been impressive at all. Matter right. of fact, ACE is particularly low, don't you think? Yeah, we've seen, and you know, and that can... Um you know, we have, there's lots of wind shear over the, over the tropical Atlantic right now, or still, I wouldn't say there's a lot, but there's still some, and, and that kind of blows the tops off of thunderstorms and right. reduces the organization potential for these storms. So it does look like as we get into late August, we're going to see less wind shear. We're going to see less Saharan dust. Saharan dust is like an aerosol, which dries these systems out. So that's another thing that can ruin the formation of a tropical cyclone. But the whole season, the water's been getting super warm. So, super warm. Yeah. Yep. So we've got the potential is there, and I think we're really going to start embarking here on a much more active season, which potentially even some, <laughs> some stronger systems. I'm saying embarking on a more active season, already referring to a season that's been very active. <laughs> Well, you know, and you're exactly right, but let's point out that the ones we've seen up to this point generally have been formed near uh, the coastline where we've had Correct. all that warm water. They formed in the Gulf of Mexico. And now, as Ed's pointing out, we're going out off the coast of Africa. We're watching these all the way uh, make that trek across the Atlantic. So that's, as the season goes on, that's where we look for formation. And this is playing out like a, a textbook season. Only this time, we've got so much warm water to work with that everything, it seems, to have a potential for uh, for becoming a strong storm. Yeah, and we call it the Cape, it's called the Cape Verde season. So the Cape Verde Islands are just west of Africa. So that's, you know, when we start seeing these yeah, tropical sure. waves come off and zoom by the Cape Verde Islands, we call it the Cape Verde season, when you see those storms form further out in the Atlantic, closer to, to Africa. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, let me put you on the spot here, because you uh, did some coverage for us when Isaias was moving up the coast, and you were in Stone Harbor, actually on vacation. So <laughs> thank you for doing some reports. But uh, you were telling me it was some of the strongest winds that you've had to try to broadcast in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it was amazing how fast it got bad. I mean, I, I was sharing a picture when I was doing the morning show of a beautiful sunrise, and it was there was a light breeze. And about two hours later, it was just a howling 50 to 55 mile an hour wind coming right off the ocean. And yeah, and you're in the sand trying to work the camera. <laughs> the, the, yeah, the sand, uh, the sand was, you know, pelting your face. That stung. I mean, that really I'll stung. Bet. It's not like the sand is is dry either. I mean, the wind is strong enough. It's blowing <laughs> waterlogged sand. sand around. Yeah, and I still, still, the other day, I still had, you know, a piece of sand in the corner of my ear. So still, more than two weeks later. Well, so. a shower does help, man. I'm just saying. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe i just not doing that properly. Who knows? <laughs> well, I'm working um, remotely, so I guess nobody can tell. <laughs> One of the benefits. The benefit of the <laughs> so we do anticipate a, a ramping up of the uh, tropical season, if you can believe that. But I think we're going to be flying through some more of these names. Uh, now, I've been saying all along, and you know this, that some of those early named storms I didn't think deserved to be named, but uh, such as it is. So now we're we're rolling into the, the middle of the alphabet and soon to be the, the latter half of the alphabet. So the bottom line is make sure you're prepared. 
again, because we're so dry, we're kind of rooting for an old tropical system. But it's a good wake-up call for us here in central PA that, you know, make sure you have your flood ducks in a row. And by that, I mean uh, your your insurance is up to date. If you have stuff, maybe you're one of those basements that always floods. This is a good time of year to say, okay, what's the easiest way to uh, deal with this? You know, it, maybe it's simply just pulling stuff up off, off the ground. You get some, right. uh, you know, storage racks or something like that. Or it's a, digger, a deeper dive for you where you overlook your uh, your insurance policy because a lot of people think that homeowners covers flood and it does not and I've seen people devastated by that very fact right there yeah and, and you got it you know it's it's not like it's not like I mean yeah Pennsylvania's inland but it's 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 sur- the we states flood, to baby. the the states to the east are not you can cross them in an hour I mean Delaware you could go to the east to west side in 30 minutes so tropical systems you know are no stranger oh, to Pennsylvania uh, and we're close enough where we can see both you know, most oftentimes, you know, we see the flooding aspect, but right. there are plenty of times when we get the wind too. So it's it's uh, especially when we have an active season ahead. It's never never, you know, it's never a bad idea to make sure here in Central PA that you really. It's not like you know Iowa, or Nebraska, or the Dakotas or Minnesota. I mean, we're close enough where we can get direct impacts, especially with the flooding. Well, and speaking of that, the National Weather Service has responded to that threat. And uh, one of the th- things that came out of Isaias as they were issuing the warnings is they were doing tropical storm warnings well inland. And I actually had a couple of viewers going, is that right? Is that possible? Because in our mind, those warnings are for the coast. So what the National Weather Service has said is, you know what? Those same threats happen inland, whether it be wind, whether it be rain. Um, so there's no reason that tropical storm warning shouldn't be in you know chester county i think they made it all the way to chester county right uh and areas in eastern pa so that was not a mistake that is a new effort by the national weather service to uh to get everybody to take these warnings uh, seriously and i can tell you back in 2003 when isabel came through the storm kind of went right up the chesapeake so the center still somewhat stayed over over water um and it also moved north at, with great speed. They had tropical storm warnings for York County, Lancaster, well into central PA. And I remember a few years ago, there was hurricane warnings for Bucks County and Philadelphia in southeast right. PA. So, yes, it's it's not doesn't happen every year, but it does happen. And, of course, we get the tornado threat, too. Doylestown, perfect oh, yeah. example of that. Isaias yeah, from... That was pretty rough. We saw uh, even cars moved with that one, uh, in addition to some damage there by the high school as well. Um, so yeah, that's been that's been pretty rough. Um, so tropics. So we just got past these fifties. Now here's where I'm frustrated because I thought we were done with the nineties. And as you listen to this, you may be experiencing such weather for yourself because <laughs> we're right back into this grip of the heat wave. And, and what's weird to me, Ed, and maybe you can speak to this, is, you know, through the last week or so, the forecast models were keeping us pretty even keeled in the mid 80s mm-hmm. through the second half of the month. And that seemed to shift just at the last minute or so where it's like, no, we're going to build in this this bubble of high pressure and we're going to get into the 90s. Have you seen any reason for that or, or something well, that maybe the, the models were missing? It's something that, you know, the West is still coming off the heels of a major heat wave. Big um, heat, yeah, that's true. So usually, typically, um, 
and I know there's, I believe they still have, I know they have a lot of red flag warnings and fire danger stuff out there, but they still have excessive heat warnings for much of Nevada, Arizona, and California. Northern um, California, yeah. Yeah, and so typically when you see really hot heat wave type weather out west, you have a big ridge over the west, which always favors kind of a dip in the jet stream over the east, which wouldn't, which would favor seasonable to maybe below normal temperatures. So um, I think as long as that's in place, it's, I think it's going to be hard to really get well into the 90s here. I mean, I think we could possibly touch it, you know, as we head into the next week because it looks like they're showing 90. Um, right. But usually whenever there's a big ridge out west, it takes a while to break that down. Um, and sometimes I think models can be aggressive in the terms of the pattern change. So Yeah, like grabbing onto it a little too quickly. Right, well, right. I, I, I hope you're right because in my mind, I thought we had kind of put the 90s to bed. We, you know, we know July was so hot. Uh, even that first week of August was so hot, and uh, I think we've racked up what 30 days, 90 or above. And uh, I thought maybe we <laughs> gotten past that hump a little bit, but sure. uh, maybe not. <laughs> well, actually, you know, remind you know this this topic reminded me of something else. I know a couple yesterday. I was I know the World Meteorological Organization was trying to determine how hot. California got last Sunday in Death Valley. Oh, the Death Valley one, right? Was right. that was that confirmed yet? Because they were they were going to convene a group, uh, and I guess they look at all the different parameters and the potential for error. But no, I have not seen a um, you know a clarification on that. Yeah, because I was yeah. thinking that we were going to get an update to that. Um, I'm actually looking at the their Twitter feed right now to see if they see actually did. The, the temperature we're talking about was 130 degrees in Death Valley. 129.9, if you're being uh, extremely technical. <laughs> you are being technical. Yeah. Uh, the all-time record there is 134, but that was set back in 1913, and it's been long disputed in the weather world about the instrumentation and how the reading was taken and, and such. So it's always been in dispute, but as far as the the world record that's that's the one that stands right? yeah and there was a 136 degree temperature recorded in libya but that was um that record was taken down and seen that it was i guess it was erroneous uh to some right. degree so that record was taken down but yes 134 back in 1913 and you're right tom it's been long disputed so it's possible that you know, that temperature recording could have been wrong by more than five degrees, which would technically mean that this 130 degree temperature could have been the hottest recorded ever. We don't know. We're not we sure. Know. Either way, we, either we way, know it's getting hot. Uh, and, and whether or not that, that other record holds, it's still the hottest we've been in 100 years, which yeah. is interesting. And, you know, everybody always says, oh, I could take Arizona or California because it's a dry heat. <laughs> Okay, it's try, try, 130 degrees feels like 130 <laughs> degrees. So you tell me what 130 degree heat index feels like here. <laughs> you know? I, I do like the shot, I do like the lower humidity, but I think you have a point. Either way, you feel like you're uh, in a pot boiling. <laughs> I mean, I leave, I mean, the, that's the temperature I leave food at in a warming tray. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah that's that's definitely hot so it's been a it's been a interesting summer that way with the heat out west uh now they're dealing with the the resulting wildfires too which uh, you know the heat doesn't 
doesn't help, that's for sure. And then now we're back to the heat. So uh, it's been a summer for uh, for the record books as far as the heat goes. We all time warmest July that we know. Uh, it's going to be interesting. You know, meteorological summer is June, July, August. And when we put all this together, will those 50s that we have offset? You know, some of those 90s that we had. Um, but you and I, I think, talked uh, once about the fact that. As hot as we were this summer, we didn't set any single record highs during the day, right? right. We just couldn't cool off at night. So I know right. no, I, cool. I know people always don't think the overnight low is important, but when it comes to it you know getting the average monthly temperature, it's incredibly important. So that's why July was the warmest on record. Not because we saw any record highs, but because the overnight lows, they weren't, it's not like we were setting record low minimums either. Or is it record low? Right. It was just warm, right? Yeah, right. right. Um, I should say record low maximums, or you say uh, mini, you said mini max. I <laughs> always get tongue tied. It, it would be the maxi min is the term. Maxi min, there, there it is. Um, <laughs> That's an official term, by the way. Yes. So the, so the uh, lowest maximum temperature I don't even think Correct. we set records there either. It just was like every every night was like 70, 72. Right, just sitting there in the even mid-70s, uh, uh, definitely very warm. And honestly, that's where your air conditioner does a lot of the work because people don't realize the air conditioner doesn't just provide cool air. It removes humidity, and that's when you really feel that at night. And uh, we're getting so spoiled now that... You know, I'm, I'm a little older than you, but I remember growing up just sweating all night long. You know, got the windows open, and uh, my my family had a uh, a whole house fan that would pull the cool air from outside up through the attic and out. But it sounded better than it did. It didn't right. work that. As you well know, as you with wanted. the with the cold, <laughs> with the cold, you can at least put on more layers. With the heat, you can. Well, you can only take <laughs> off so many clothes, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it's definitely been one of those kind of summers so all right so what are you thinking uh moving forward do we do we cool off and get a, a more normal fall i mean i think it's inevitable we get those first autumn fronts i was looking at the european earlier today and it, they're showing signs that next week there's a nice little canadian high dropping through um right. so i don't know if you saw that but it does look like that would be probably another period where we drop into the 50s at night maybe highs of the 70s crisp so yeah um at least the euro seems to be advertising one of those more autumn-like fronts as we head in the next week which you know is inevitable and more common especially as we get into september so right but it would be a little more unusual if we got it again in august yes. also accompanying those fronts is, a, is some much needed moisture so that would be a welcome yeah. thing if we could get some rain into those areas uh, that really need it. So I, I think the, the worst of summer is behind us, no matter how hot it is when you listen to this, that uh, that we're moving, as Ed mentioned, into that next phase, which uh, you get these incremental cold fronts that cools down a little bit and a little bit more and yeah. a little bit more. And next thing you know, it's October and you're pulling out your winter coat. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it can happen fast, very fast. All right. Have we, have we covered everything? Is there a, I mean, with, yeah, mind? with weather, you can never cover everything, but I think we've covered everything That's that true. time allows today. <laughs> that sounds good. It's always fun chatting with you, my friend. Yeah, and, you too. Uh, if you're listening, we always appreciate you listening. And again, if you've missed any of the past podcasts, they live right there on the uh, CBS 21 weather, uh, website. So you can go back and listen in uh, to them and, and get caught up. So uh, on behalf of Ed and Stacy and Steve and me, uh, thank you for listening and check it out. It's a raining Mets.